She told me to stand up here, y'all. Come on, put your hands together. alone. 
This song is called Promise Keeper. And I serve a promise keeping God. Whatever he said, I can believe that he's going to be true to his word. God is not a man that he should lie. No. should repent has he said shall he not do it or has he spoken and he not make it good oh i believe yes i believe every promise of the lord so i won't let go to the promise you made, I'm holding on. You'll never change, I won't let go. I won't let go. I won't let go to the promise you made, I'm holding on.
you made me Jesus I know it's been a long time but I'm holding on you'll never change Lord you won't change oh you won't change hey you won't change oh Lord you made I'm holding on you'll never change time can you sing that part with me I won't let go to the promise you made I'm holding you'll never change 
One more time, take this with you. I own to the promise. I'll hold on, Jesus. Can we sing that one more time without the music? Everybody, I won't. I won't to the promise. change Come on, everybody, let's lift up those hands before the Lord and give him some worship. But the speaker of the hour, he really doesn't need an introduction at all. I'm sure many of us have grown acquainted to his awesome ministry that the Lord has certainly blessed him with. And he has been a blessing to the body of Christ. He said under the late uh, Bishop Stearns at Logan Park Assembly, amen. And certainly our condolences go to that house as they are in this, uh, this time of bereavement. But we give God praise for Elder David Hollis. He has preached the word many times to Agape, and every time he has blessed us, amen. Been at camp service, he's been out in the pavilion with us, and now he's here to celebrate 36 years with Agape. I want you to stand to your, house, to your feet right now, and all of the house, let's put our hands together and give him a warm Agape welcome. Preach the word, Elder Hollis, let the Lord use you on tonight. Great is our God and greatly to be praised. Thankful to the Lord for his faithfulness. And thankful to the Lord for him being reliable. Some people tell you they'll be there. And due to circumstances beyond their control, they can't make it. You ain't got to keep checking back with him to make sure. You don't need a follow-up conversation. When God said it's done, it's done. I'll never forget, you may be seated. I was preaching in Cincinnati, Ohio at a church titled Hope for You. And I got up to preach, and the Holy Ghost said, someone in the building is pregnant. And I said what the Holy Ghost said. I said, the Lord said, somebody here is pregnant. And you should have seen the responses. Some of the sisters were saying, not me, Lord, please. Single folk were saying, no, it ain't me. 
And then I heard somebody say, yes, yes, yes. And I could feel they were trying to make it spiritual. I said, no, 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 no. This ain't pregnant with a vision. The Lord said somebody's pregnant. Nobody responded. I knew what the Kedoshama. I knew what the Lord said. And I said, you'll find out. Because he said it. I didn't notice, but there was a couple sitting in the sanctuary. And when I said it the first time, she started elbowing her husband. Hamasha. She said, could the Lord be talking to us? Because the Holy Ghost didn't say you were going to get pregnant. The Holy Ghost said, you're pregnant. They had had several miscarriages, and so he kept looking straight. Because he didn't want to get his wife's hopes up. And so I was standing there, and the Holy Ghost said, not only are you pregnant, but you will deliver. All y'all clapping. When I said it in Cincinnati, nobody said a word. Because again, you had that group saying, Lord, I got five. I don't need no more. And there was no response. But when God says it, he don't need an amen corner. God's credit ain't ever been bad that he needed a cosigner. I went on and said, preach. Left Cincinnati. They invited me back the next year. I walked in church. As I was coming in, it was a couple waiting at the door. They had this little baby in their arms. And I said, oh, God bless you all. I said, is that your baby? And they said, you responsible for this. I said, oh, no, I ain't. My taxes go to me. And they begin to give me their testimony of that time the year before. And while I was sitting in my seat tonight, and Sister Kayla Davis kept saying, he's a promise keeper. I don't know what your petition is before God. But if he said it, shall he not do it? Last year, I was in my house, laying on the floor, prostrate before God, and I was praying about some things, and I had a list of things. 
I was praying and I was going down my list. And the Holy Ghost said, and what else? I thank him for freedom of speech. I start adding more stuff. added some more stuff and the Holy Ghost said and what else now I know your Holy Ghost don't talk that's all right mine speaks out and I added some more stuff and then the Lord asked me a question he said why wouldn't I do it If you're praying according to his will, if you're not asking amiss, if you're not asking to heap stuff on yourself, if you're not praying vain repetition, when you pray, believe that you have received what you asked for. He remained with us to July the 25th. He would have seen 100. So he was just a few months short of that three, three digit. But I want to thank the Lord for a man of God who has integrity, longevity of life, but also consistency in the word of God. He is and has been a living example. I want to say to Agape, love on the father that God has given you. Love on him. Love on him. You know him as Superman. He goes home as Clark Kent. Love on him. Love on him. Let him know. Don't just grow. Tell him you're growing. Show you're growing. If you enjoyed a Bible class, it impacted your life, tell him. I'm amazed that we're quick to tell people our discontent, but we don't verbalize our appreciation. Learn to tell him. Literally, he needs to hear it, verbalize it. Thank you. You might not get to stand up here and do a testimonial, but walking out on the church parking lot, pastor, thank you. Bishop, I appreciate that. Thank you. Tell him. Let it be known. I had to tell a friend the other day, a few weeks ago. I told a friend, I said, I think you need a new complaint friend. I feel everybody ought to have two complaint friends so you can switch up. Don't dump everything on one person. Every time they see your number, they shouldn't say, oh, something wrong. Anybody got a friend like that? Some of y'all can't put your hand up because you're sitting right next to her. <laughs> you got that one friend. Every time you see their number, you know, either somebody died or something is wrong. Switch up. Take six months with one, six months with the other. Do it. Or every other month. But learn to show your appreciation. Paul the Apostle mentioned to the church, I know you care, 
but you need fruit to go with it. I know you love me, but you got to have some fruit to go with it. There ought to be some works behind it. It benefits you, but it also is an encouragement to your leader. Everybody's got your Bible. Let's go to the scriptures. It is St. Luke chapter number 13. Pastor Amos, likewise, it is good to see you in the house of the Lord. We were going through some older pictures um, that will, I believe, that will end up in the program for my pastor. And uh, we found an old picture of Bishop Morris Golder, my pastor, Bishop George Stearns, and uh, the pastor of Bethel, Bishop Owen Young. And my, the landscape has changed. Um, I found another picture of uh, Bishop Mills, Suffolk Bishop Mills in Kokomo. Uh, Elder Tate. Uh, Elder Tate, who used to be our vice president for the state of Indiana. Um, the gentleman who is now uh, Bishop, Bishop Wesley Weeks. Uh, Bishop Wesley Weeks at one time was the young people's state president for the state of Indiana, to see all of them um, in, in, in their younger days. And uh, they were all fellowshipping and at our church and worshiping together. Uh, Bishop William Abney, Uncle Bill, and just the list, Bishop, Bishop Benjamin Moore, um, and, and just the list. I start sending some pictures to uh, family members, uh, the late Bishop Earl Parche, uh, just going over and over and celebrating and when I walked in and saw uh, Pastor Amos, uh, it made me think of uh, Bishop Owen Young again. And I tell you, the lines have fallen unto us in pleasant places. We have a goodly heritage. We come from some good stock, y'all. Let's go to the scriptures. St. Luke chapter number 13. I'll begin reading at verse number 6. St. Luke chapter number 13, I'll begin reading at verse number 6. He spake also this
somebody's eyes and let them see. I'm asking you, God, touch them so that they not see men as trees. For Father, I pray, heal their sight that they might see. I'm asking in the name of Jesus. Lord, while I'm preaching, heal somebody. Lord, while I'm preaching, fill somebody with the Holy Ghost. Lord, while I'm preaching, give understanding and make clear your word. Father, I ask of you, let it fall line upon line and precept upon precept. Father, I pray that my tongue would be like the pen of a ready writer. Trouble the waters of baptism tonight. I trust you to do it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. For a few moments out of the scriptures, I'd like to minister to you from this subject, necessary corrections. Necessary corrections. The word of the Lord is ministered tonight out of a book known to us as Luke. It is call, it's called the Gospel According to Luke. It's referred to as Saint Luke. When you look in your Bible, our Judeo Bible, from Genesis to Revelations, Genesis being book number one, Revelations being book number 66, we do understand that though we call them books, they are epistles, they're letters. But if you count just the way they're placed, not necessarily in the order that they were written, but just how they're placed, Genesis is book number one. You start counting Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1st and 2nd Samuel, 1st and 2nd Kings, 1st and 2nd Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. Um, as you continue to read, you'll move then to what we refer to as prophets. We call them major or minor based on the size of the book. God never called any of his prophets major or minor. Um, and then you have what we uh, then refer to as the New Testament. Matthew opens up starting and tells us this is the book of the generation of Jesus the Christ. You have then what we go from, we call them synoptic gospels. But then when you get to Luke's writing, you have arrived at that book which is counting from Genesis, the 42nd book. This book has 24 chapters. I didn't count, somebody else did. It is 1,151 verses. This book is written by a gentleman by the name of Luke. Now, Luke is the abbreviated version of a longer name. Luke. It's the abbreviated version of a longer name. That name that we get out of, um, we get Luke out of is Lucanus. That name, Luke, Lucanus. It is from that same name we have derivatives like Lucius, Lucille. There's even some derivative from the name Lucifer. Because the name means luminous, it means light, it means bright. 
Now, those of you who watch Star Wars, now you understand why they named the character Luke. Because his name means luminous. His name means light. His name means bright. His opposing character is known as Darth Vader. Anytime Darth Vader showed up, he's in all black. His opposing or his nemesis is Luke. By the name alone, it means light. So now when you watch Star Wars, you'll notice that every time Darth Vader shows up, he's in black. But when Luke shows up, he's in white. He's either in white or he's in cream. Please understand that the movies you watch are intentional. They're giving you messages and sometimes you don't even know. That's why we don't watch everything. This Luke, when you look at his historical background, you'll see that uh, he is an author. Luke would write this book, but he also writes a historical book in the New Testament we know to be Acts. Remember, St. Luke is the 42nd book. The book of Acts is the 44th book. Luke writes, he's an author, and he doesn't just write to be published. He doesn't just write to say, buy my book. Have you ever, has somebody ever shoved a book in front of you and they say, buy my book? You tried to help them out, you bought the book, and then you got home and you start reading all the misspelled words and you start looking and you wondered, why did I spend my money on this book? I tried to help the saints out, uh, and then you realize they didn't even put the effort into revisions or into uh, necessary uh, corrections uh, that it would deem it worth the money you spent. Luke, he doesn't write to say, I got a book. Luke writes with intent. Luke writes to a man by the name of Theophilus. Ah, ah, the name Theophilus means uh, friend of God or, in, or the inverse God's friend. Ah, Luke writes and says, oh Theophilus, oh most excellent Theophilus. He writes to Theophilus and he says, I want you to know what Jesus did. He said, I want you to know what he began to do and what Jesus began to teach. Why is that important? Because sometimes people think that we're like magicians and we're just pulling rabbits out hats as we go along. Some people think that the church makes up this stuff as we're floating uh, through generations. The devil is a liar. There is purpose to what we do. Why do we lay hands on the sick? Because Jesus laid hands on the sick. Why do we gather together and worship corporately? Because Jesus went to worship corporately. Why do we gather again and sit you down and teach you? Because Jesus gathered them, sat them down and taught them saying, Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. 
Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Why would a demon manifest? Why do we cast that demon out? Because the Bible says with the finger of God, he casted out devils. Church, there is a purpose to why we do. But we've raised the generation that only knows what we do, but they don't know why we do it and when you only know the what and you don't know the why it's easy to change when you don't know why we baptize in Jesus name it's easy to get rid of the baptismal pool the devil is a liar there is not just a what but there is a why the Bible says that here Luke writes and Luke says oh Theophilus he says I'm writing with perfect understanding he says, I'm not writing with supposition. I'm not scratching my head. I'm not trying to figure out this thing. Ha. He says, I'm writing with perfect understanding. Ha. Luke says, I'm writing and I want you to know these things. Ha. He says, I want you to have them. I want you to be assured. He uses the word assured. Ha. I want you to be assured of this thing. So when you look at Luke, he is an author. Now remember, uh, we learned from Colossians chapter number four that he is a Gentile by birth you will also learn in Colossians chapter number four that he is a true physician he is matter of fact he's referred to as the beloved physician he's not a doctor like we do you know we confer titles on people who haven't done the work <laughs> we give people credit for stuff they didn't do and then sometimes we give people titles because we can't remember their name we say God bless you doc how you doing doc that don't mean we know your degree status that just simply mean I can't remember your name oh but when we refer to Luke as Dr. Luke he actually is a physician one scripture even mentions about him practicing or that he cured someone doesn't mean he laid hands on them it literally meant he practiced medicine when you look at the city and the environment that he is raised in, you look at the university that he comes from, when you look at it, you get a chance to see and you feel his passion. Uh, the Bible doesn't say it, but uh, oral tradition speaks it and even written tradition says that he was a painter. Before he was a writer, he was a painter. It's not a far-fetched stretch because when you read Luke's writings, he's a, uh, in writing school, they teach us uh, that, that, that some writers are colorful writers. They write with a lot of words. They're very loquacious. Um, uh, they use a lot of passion in their writing. You feel the tension of the text. Uh, they move you. They move your emotions. And, and when you read Luke's writings, Luke is one of those guys. Luke makes you feel certain ways about certain things. He can take the same number 12. He takes the number 12 and he makes you feel completely different about that number in two different instances. He tells you about a woman who has an issue of blood for 12 long years. He tells you that this woman has been bleeding. <laughs> ah, she's been hemorrhaging for 12 years long years I want you to see this woman a woman bleeding anybody bleeding look at their complexion losing blood for 12 years I wonder how she felt I wonder was she always cold 
<laughs> Lack of blood, she must have had some form of anemia. <laughs> oh, always wrapped up, always cold, even on a hot day. <laughs> oh, I want you to see this woman. Not only is she drained physically, but then Luke says she spent all of her money. The Luke says she'd been going from doctor to doctor and could not get cured. I want you to see this woman, how she's going on this emotional roller coaster. Because every time she goes to a new doctor, he prescribes a new medication. And after the prescription, it doesn't work. Try this, try that, try this, try that. Now you understand that also the law is working against her because she's bleeding out. She's considered unclean. She can't touch anything. For anything she touches is declared unclean. If she sits in a seat, once she gets up, nobody can sit in that seat. The book of Leviticus says that seat is unclean. And if, she, if anybody sits there, they become unclean. Oh, she got to watch where she walks. She got to walk through crowds and can't touch anybody because if she touches anybody, oh, she could be stoned because she was unclean and she start touching other people. Church, now you get the picture when the Bible says she pressed through the crowd. It wasn't that she was moving people out the way. She was trying not to touch anybody. Oh, she wasn't walking up to him boldly saying, y'all good, get over, I need a touch. She went low because she didn't want to be seen. She didn't want to know. She didn't want anybody to know she was there. She was wrapped up. Oh, church, the Bible says and Luke says she had this condition for 12 long years. Then the same Luke writes about the same number 12 and said there was a young damsel. The term damsel means toddler to 12 years old. He said it was a certain damsel who was only 12 years old. And this young damsel's life was going. It was ebbing. It was leaving. Luke takes the number 12. This woman and this damsel have been going through the same amount of time. 12 years are the same amount of years, months, weeks, days, and hours. But Luke makes you look at this woman and say, mm, that's 12 long years. That's too long to be suffering. But then he makes you look at this little girl who's got the same amount of years and he makes you say, mm, that ain't long enough. Church, Luke writes and he begins to talk to us. Luke begins, even when you read Luke's writings, he mentions miracles that Matthew, Mark, and John don't even mention. Luke writes about seven miracles that nobody else talks about. When you look at Luke's writings, Luke, it's in Luke that we find out that even angels could sing. Luke starts telling us that angels showed up in the field and started singing glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace, good. Luke is the one that shows us. It's a book of singing and praises. Luke says that when the baby leaked in Elizabeth's womb, when she got the salutation from her cousin, the Bible says that Elizabeth lifted up her hands. She, she began to prophesy and she also sang. 
When Mary gets the word from Gabriel, he flies in and says, Hail Mary, you found favor with God. The Bible says when he, she finished, when he finished, that Mary lifted up her hands. She prayed, prophesied, and sang unto the Lord. Well, this same Luke starts writing to us, and he gives us good detailed information. He writes to us and shares with us what Zachariah experienced, what Elizabeth experienced, what Mary experienced, how Joseph experienced. But when we arrive at the 13th chapter, you'll see that it is a call to repentance. That Jesus starts addressing, he starts addressing the hearts of people who were judging other folk who did not make it through what other people made it through. Jesus is, oh, I know. Jesus says, I know y'all heard about the tower that fell on people. He said, do you think that tower fell because the people that got trapped in the tower, they were the chiefest of sinners? He said, no. He said, they weren't the world's worst sinners because the tower fell. There are times we see catastrophe and we look at people and say, mm, that's the judgment of God. Oh, church of the living God. Jesus said, do you think that they were the worst of sinners? Jesus said, not so. He said, but except you repent, you're going to die just like them. He then starts moving and he starts talking to us about the Galileans. He says, do you think that the Galileans were sinners above all Galileans? He says, do you think what they suffered was because they were the chiefest of sinners? He said, no. He said, but except you repent, you're going to die just like them. Church, he starts calling for repentance. And then he steps into teaching. He says there was a certain man. This is not a figment. This is not allegoristic. This is not an allegory. This is a certain man. This actually happened. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came and sought fruit thereon. And he found none. He came and he was looking because he knew what he had invested. He knew what he had put in the earth. He knew the timing of the planting. Church. Oh, this is not a case where he says, oh, I'm just throw it out there and whatever happens, happens. He was meticulous. He understood the timing of the plant. He understood the seed that he planted. He didn't plant figs and came looking for oranges. No. He didn't plant apples and came looking for bananas. He planted fig seed. And he knew the time that it should bear fruit. Church of the living God. The Bible says he came and he found none. Oh, that word none, it was empty. It was barren. It was fruitless. Ah, it was vain. It had no substance. He said, matter of fact, for the last three years, 
I've been long suffering. This ain't the first time this tree has been barren. For the last three years, I've been putting up with no productivity. For the last three years, I've been putting up with vain and empty beings. He looks at the dresser. Oh, church, and he says, why do I keep dealing with this? He said, cut it down, church. He had every right. He had gone three seasons. He had gone three years. He had invested money and time. Who would keep investing into a sinkhole? Who would keep making investments on a commodity that has no return and productivity? Church, the Bible says the dresser. When we read him, we actually start seeing him as a priest. He stands in a place of intercession. He stands in a place that he understands if I don't take action, destruction is coming. Church, thank God for an intercessor. Thank God for somebody that stands in the gap. And say, I know what they deserve. But if there's any mercy, let them find mercy. Church, you'd better learn to appreciate. That's why we walk in humility. We don't walk in arrogance. Because I could have been cut off a long time ago. Oh, but we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteous. Church, I'm grateful that somebody interceded on my behalf. Church, don't you ever get to the place that you think, oh, I got this far by myself. The Bible says we're many members, but we're one body. Ah, we supply each other. Church, the gifts that are working in the church help to get you to where you are. Somebody operated in teaching. Somebody operated in healing. Somebody operated in word of wisdom. And he gave some apostles, prophets, pastors, Teachers, church of the living God, evangelists, please don't think that you made it this far by yourself. God sent your help through somebody else. You got to learn to tell the saints, thank you. Thank you for praying for me. Thank you for interceding for me. When I passed out, thank you for laying your hands on me and said, return to consciousness. Church of the living God. The Bible says that there, the Lord said, I've been looking for something for three years. I know the power of the seed. I know the potential that the seed has to produce. Why is it that the tree is not representative of the seed that it bears? Why doesn't the fruit look like the seed that I know I planted in the ground? Church? Oh, I kept looking. Oh, and I kept looking at that word. He said, all right. Ah, oh, the master said, cut it down. But the Bible says the dresser. Ha. The dresser of the garden says, I tell you what, ha. he said, give me one more year. 
He said, just give me one more year. He said, let me dig around it. He uses the term dung it. Let me throw the word dung there. It means to throw or to cast. He says, let me cast some fertilizer on it. Oh, I know it's going to stink for a while. Oh, I know the fertilizer I'm going to use is going to stink. He says, but the end result. Is that there will be fruit, church? Oh, at the beginning of this year, oh, Elder Chambers, I went to the Lord and I asked God, I said, God, I said, I'm asking you to do me, do for me as you did for Joshua. I said, God, would you do for me as you did for Joshua? The Bible says, and God gave Joshua good success. I said, God, I don't just want success. I want good success. And while I was praying, the Holy Ghost said, not without a challenge. I was in a hotel room when I prayed that prayer. I felt so sorry for the people on floor eight. Because I started dancing, shouting. I felt sorry for the chandelier that was under me. On the next floor below me. That chandelier had to be shaken. Because I went to jumping. Now some of y'all say, no, did you hear what the Lord said? The Lord said, not without challenge. Church, get challenged every year oh then why was I dancing because I know I might have to go through but the end result after I suffered a while he gonna strengthen he gonna establish he gonna settle he gonna make me perfect it's a whole shire the trying of my faith is more precious than gold being tried in the fire Church of the living God. The Bible says that there. He uses a term. He says why cumbereth it the ground? Ah, Why is it idle? Why is it unemployed? Why is it inactive? Why is it inoperative? I know the potential of the seed. And it was a potent seed. But why is the tree not reflecting the seed that's in the ground? Church. Ah, a few months ago, I had to minister in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I preached Friday and I preached Sunday. Well, Saturday, I decided to go to a horticultural class there in Milwaukee. I said, I'm going to go sit in the back. I said, I'm going to just chill in the back. I said, they don't know me. Got back there. The lady, when I walked in, I walked in late. I did it on purpose. So there was no space but in the back. Sat in the back. Took out my pen and pad. And the lady held up. And she said, what is this? The class starts saying, is a seed. She said, she described the seed. She said, what do you do with seeds? Some people start hollering, eat them. She said, what do you do with a seed? Everybody had their pen. Some people say, bury it. I'm just sitting back there listening. She said, 
seeds are designed to be buried. She said, but what happens when you bury a seed? Oh, I said it dies, and I said it under my breath. I said it dies, it cracks open. She said, what you say? And I realized that I was talking out of my mouth and not just in my head. I said, oh, that's okay. She said, no, sir, you in the back. What did you say? I said, well, when a seed goes in the ground, it dies. She said, exactly. She said, it is called the process of germination. She said, actually, this is the body of the seed. She said, and when you bury the body, she said, when the body cracks open, it is the death of the body. She said, does anybody know what happens when the body cracks open? I sat there. She said, there's a something that comes out of the seed first. She said, how do you bury a seed? Everybody had opinions. She said, it really doesn't matter. She said, you could bury a seed right side up. You could bury a seed upside down. You could bury a seed on its belly. You could bury a seed on its back. She said, when it breaks forth, she said, there's something that comes out of the seed called a radical. She said, the radical that comes out of the seed, she said, no matter how you bury the seed, it finds which way is down first. She said, you could bury the seed upside down, but God has designed this earth that gravity starts commanding that the radical moves downward First, she said it can't break forth through the ground until the radical has gone down in the earth. She said you must go down before you go up. I was sitting in that back room. I wanted to tear that wall up. I said, yes. Everybody turned around. And you know, it was it was very diverse. Very diverse. And she said, she said it goes down in the ground. She said, and it once it goes down, it has to go down before it goes up. I said, yes. And everybody turned around. Folks were clutching their pearls. I said, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sitting there writing. And she said, as it goes down, she said, to the depth of the radical, gives permission to the height of the tree. She said, as high as the tree wants to go, she said, the radical has got to go deep. Church of the living God. I said, I got it. Oh, she said, what do you have? I said, oops, I'm sorry. Oh, church. I thought I was just going to a plant your seed class. Oh, but I had no idea that God would use a horticultural class to speak to me. Church, do you understand? Stand that you are born of the incorruptible seed. Do you understand that you've got power within you? What am I, Shia? And you have what is known as a radical. What am I, Shia? It's called a root. Church, I am a 
anchored oh, to the height that God's going to take me. It's to the depth that I'm going. That's why we sing songs and say deeper yet I pray. Higher every day. Wiser, blessed Lord. In thy precious holy word. Because I've got a radical I know we've got a generation that wants to be radical, but they are shallow as a puddle. You see, my praise is not flighty. My praise is not whimsical. My praise, it's a radical praise. It's a rooted praise. Even with tears in my eyes, my praise is so deep that I can say, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. My praise is so rooted that even though when I don't understand what's going on, I say he knows the way that I take. And when he has tried me, I shall come forth as pure gold. Church, that woman said to me, she said, she said your radical has got to go deep so that the tree, not only when it goes up, but it can be strong enough to bear the fruit that the power of the seed will produce. Church, we've been in a pandemic for the last three years. 2020 of March. Church, it's been Three years, and I'm asking you, where is your productivity? It's been three years. Has your faith increased? It's been three years. What did you learn about God as tragedy swept the land? Did you learn? Ah, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock. That's higher than I get to hold. Shama. What did you learn in the last three years? Did you learn I could praise him when I can't even see my enemy? There was stuff floating in the air. You could put on a mask and still catch it. Church of the living God. But did you learn that when your chest start burning, your head start aching? Did you learn I could lay hands in the name of the Lord Jesus? Church of the living God. It's been three years. And what are you doing? Are you just idle? Taking up space. Are you just unproductive and unfruitful? The devil is a liar. Church. The dresser said, Lord, I know it's been three years. But if you give me one more year. If you just give me one more year, God. Church, I'm encouraged. He could have cut me off. But he gave me one more year. 
church I might have to go through some mess but the end result I'm going to have some good success church of the living God I want to encourage somebody's heart the Bible says that there the pruner the dresser said let me dig it let me dung it let me prune it I'll never forget at my parents house we had two we lived and grew up in a colonial home black and white house with a red door and a long red walkway a brick red red brick walkway oh two big evergreen trees on either side of the house and the branches were just growing out and a lady drove by I was outside I noticed this lady driving by she slowed up she was looking at the house I looked at her why are you looking at my house she drove off went down the street turned around and came back and when she got to our house again she slowed up I finally looked at her I said I said what you want why are you staring at our house she rolled down the window she said, ah, do you live here? Ah, ah, ah. I said, why you want to know? Ah, she said, because I see your evergreen trees and you're going to kill them. I said, what do you mean? She said, the trees, the branches have grown so long that the branches spread out on the ground. So when the rain falls, the rain never reaches the ground because the branches cover the roots that should be drinking. She said, what's going to eventually happen? The roots that were running deep, they're going to turn up to start looking for water. She said, what you have to do is go up under the branches. Go to the trunk of the tree and start cutting off all the low-hanging branches. She said, because when you cut the branches, you give the tree ample space to breathe and to receive rain. I said, I said, thank you. I said, thank you so much. In my head, I was saying, go on, lady. Go on down the street. Oh, it was a few months later we had a bad storm and we heard a loud ah when we ran to the front the evergreen on the east side of the house had fallen straight into the into the street and blocked the drive church the words of that woman came back to me Ah, when the guys came to cut the tree up, I said, hey, y'all, I said, I need you to do me a favor. Don't just cut this one up, but come over here. I 
said, see, you've got to cut these branches down. Because if you don't cut these branches down, you will prevent the tree from getting the water that it needs. I said, the reason this tree failed is because the roots start turning back up. I said, so to keep this tree from falling, we need to cut the branches off. Church of the living God. We moved out of that house. Ah, we've been gone from that house. My daddy dead. My mama didn't move somewhere else. Me and my sisters all didn't moved out that house. But the other day, I decided to drive through the old neighborhood. I drove past the old house. Church of the living God. Guess what was still standing? That tree that had been pruned, that had been cut. I came here to Hoshama to tell Agape, God's going to do some pruning. God's going to do some cutting. I came to announce to this church that God's going to dig you. But the end result, you will not be barren. You're going to add to your faith virtue. You're going to add to your virtue knowledge. You're going to add to your knowledge temperance. You're going to add meekness. You're going to add brotherly kindness. But the end result is that years from now, this assembly will still be standing. You'll be able to testify. We've come this far by faith. Leaning on the Lord. Church, do me a favor. Announce to somebody. Say he working on me. He going to dig me. He going to dung me. But my end result, I will be productive. My end result, I'm going to bear fruit. My end result, I'm going to shine at the light, at the capacity that he put in me. Church of the living God. I want to declare in this house, this is not a barren house. This is not an empty house. This ain't a church that's just taking up space. He looks for fruit and there's fruit in this house. Saints of God. What's that smell? Smell like mess. What's that smell? Smell like fertilizer. What's that smell? He threw some stuff around me to perfect me. He threw some stuff around me to strengthen my faith. This stuff ain't come to kill me. 
My test didn't come to kill me. My test didn't come to take me out. My test came to take me higher. Do me a favor. Tell somebody, stop crying over mess. Y'all didn't say it strong enough. Tell somebody, stop crying over mess. That mess gonna make you better. That mess gonna make you wiser. That mess gonna make you stronger. You will not be barren. You will be productive. We can't have a healing if ain't nobody sick. If there's any sick among us, let them call for the elders of the church. Your mess ain't trying to kill you. Your mess is trying to show you there's a God in the midst of his people. Put your finger in somebody's face and say, change your perspective on mess. Some of y'all didn't even move. I'm going to give all you unproductive people one more chance. I'm going to give all you idle people one more chance. Put your finger in somebody's face and say, change your perspective on mess. Let God use what you're going through to show you how great he is. Now, do you understand after Jesus died why he had to be buried? Before you can up, go up, you must go down. He didn't ascend first. He descended first. That's why he's called the root out the dry ground. That's why he's called the seed of Abraham. Church. The power is in the seed. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Stop being intimidated over situations. Stop looking for things to get better. They got to go down before they can come up. But to the depth of your root is to the height of your branch. That's why some of y'all can't take nothing. You have no depth to you. That's why we've been dealing with you with kid gloves for the last three years. That's why you go everywhere else but you don't come to church. 
they don't speak to you right on your job, you show up the next day. Somebody don't speak to you right at church, you don't show up for three weeks. They don't let you play, you move in your membership. They don't let you sing, you taking your gift somewhere else. Where is the depth that you can say, if they don't ever give me a mic, I'll sing with the congregation and make a joyful noise. He's given you this year, for Tamashire. He's given you this year because he's coming back looking. Where's the fruit of what you've been preaching? Choir members, where's the fruit of all the stuff you've been singing? All this jerking and shirking? Where's the fruit of it? If you can only praise God when you got money, you ain't got no depth. Because this thing is so powerful, it work when you broke. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. Productivity. 36 years of miracles, go deeper. 36 years of preaching, go deeper. Deeper, deeper in the love of Jesus. Daily let me go. Higher, higher in the school of wisdom. More of grace to know. Deeper, yet I pray. Higher every day. Wiser, blessed Lord, in thy precious holy word. Saints of God, thank you for allowing me. I needed to be somewhere this week where I could rejoice with them that rejoice. Yes. Maybe my name came up in a meeting and somebody just picked a day. But they had no idea that God ordained me to be here tonight. Agape. You're the branches. He's the vine. Stay connected and bear more fruit. How does more productivity happen? Necessary corrections. That word necessary, 
when I looked it up, it says, that which is prescribed. That which is prescribed. It's a per scripture. God already has wrote the script on what it's going to take to make you better. Anybody in here ever been to the doctor? Hands up high. Get the bow out your elbow. The Bible says they that are whole need not a physician but they that are sick. So it ain't no bad deal to go to the doctor. Jesus said if you're sick, you need a doctor. But anybody ever went to the doctor and got a prescription? Anybody ever went to Walgreens, Dwayne Reed, CVS? And got the prescription filled. Anybody paid the money to get the prescription? It wasn't free. Anybody ever took the medication home, put it on the counter, put it on the nightstand, and not take the medication? <laughs> Anybody ever been sick? Wheezy, loopy, headache, and somebody say, what's wrong? I should have took my medication. So it's not that you don't know what to do. You refused to obey what was prescribed to you. God has ordered some things for your life. And this will be the year. I got to walk this thing out. The steps of a good man. Why? Because I want fruit. I refuse to be idle. I refuse to be empty and vain. My bishop taught me. He said, y'all like to wear robes. But if your robes say more than your message, wear some jeans. Just wear a black suit. Just wear a simple shirt and tie. He actually didn't say jeans. He meant casual, you know. He didn't play that. But some of us look the part. But your words are vain. I don't want to sound deep and be shallow as a puddle. Potama. Necessary 
that which is prescribed. Discipline. Correction. Chastening. This definition I loved and I will conclude. Correction means to restore to an upright position. My assignment is to say to you, get a different perspective of what you're going through. Stop looking for a year that you're just going to skip through. If I got to suffer, he going to make me stronger. Nobody likes suffering, but when you know what it does for you, stop despising the chastening of the Lord. Stop asking God, why me? Start asking him, what is it doing for me? Most people don't care to go to the gym. Usually the gym ain't on your side of town. You got to drive all the way over there. When you get there, depends on what time you go, somebody always on the equipment you want. But why do you endure the drive and why do you endure waiting? Because I know what it's going to do for me. Just a little exercise going to add days to my life. Why wouldn't you exercise godliness? It's going to add days to your life. Why wouldn't you exercise patience? Let it have its perfect work. It's going to add days to your life. In your patience possess ye your soul. How is it that y'all know all these scriptures and y'all finishing them before I do, but I don't see the fruit? You're so impatient you don't even stop at stop signs. You coast right through stop signs because you ain't got time to wait. Now usually, we pray for people. Tonight I want to do something. I want you to lay hands on what you deem important. Some of us got stinking thinking. I want you to lay hands on your own head. Some of you, your eyes are full of lusting. I want you to lay hands on your own eyes. Some of you, your ears are dull of hearing. You're going to lay hands on your own ears. Some of you, you speak in tongues, but you got stiff necks. 
when God speaks, you don't submit quickly. You're going to lay hands on your own neck. Some of you, Holy Ghost told you, hold your peace. But you always got have one more thing to say. You're going to lay hands on your own mouth. Others of you, you're going to lay hands on the center of your chest representing your heart, which is the seat of your affections, your emotions, your will, because you're always in your feelings. Others of you, you're going to reach all the way down and touch your toes because your feet keep taking you to places you ain't got no business going. Now, I don't know what part of you is prioritized above the other. Some of y'all might be sitting there saying, I only got two hands, but I need to lay hands on everything you said. You might have to play hopscotch. You might have to go old school, head, shoulders, knees, and toes. I don't know what you got to do. But I want you to lay hands on that part of you that you know, Lord, I need attention with this. Lord, I need attention with this. God, if we don't address this. Lord, if you don't help me here. Lord, my eyes, touch me that I might see. Let me hear what the Holy Ghost is saying to the church. At what point do you acknowledge, I need help, God? I've been speaking in tongues, but I need help. I shouted last Sunday, but I need help. I'm tired of just looking saved. I want to be saved. I'm tired of just church lingo. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Bless him. God bless you. Grace and peace. Hallelujah. Give the Lord praise. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Everybody lay hands on something right now. And whatever you lay hands on, that's what you take to God. Open your mouth. Get past that silent prayer. I sought the Lord. Cry out to him. Pour your heart out to him. Pour your heart out to him. Talk to him like your life depends on it. Because it does.
Jesus started this chapter off with a call to repentance. Except you repent. He wasn't talking to people that didn't know the law. He was talking to people that were well acquainted with the word of God. I'm not just talking to the sinner tonight. I'm talking to the saint. It's been three years and you still won't submit. I rebuke a stiff neck in the name of Jesus. The Bible says you're not ignorant. You know what God wants from you. You know what God requires of you. Why does he have to keep going over the same thing with you every six months? When will you commit your way to him? Why do your feet keep wandering out of the path? Why do your eyes keep lusting? When he told you, set your affection. Set your affection. Direct your attention, your aim, and your goal. Your passion. Direct it on things above. Why won't you look to the heel? Is your help the heel? No. My help comes from the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we heard your word. Don't let it spring up quick because that means it took no root. Don't let us just do hear it but not do it, but let us be hearers and doers. Don't let the devil come and steal this word. Don't let the cares of life choke this word out. But let it take root. Let it bring forth much fruit. And don't let our fruit spoil. Let our fruit remain. Don't let us be empty. Don't let us be vain. Don't let us be flighty. But let us have a radical. Give us hope. And let that hope be the anchor of our soul. Lord, I thank you for agape. I thank you for this Friday night. I look forward to seeing what you're going to do with us, God. We'll be able to testify these light afflictions are but for a moment. We're going to be able to say count it all joy. We're going to be able to say rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. Lord, I trust you to do it. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. If while the preacher was preaching and the word spoke to you, look toward heaven and tell heaven, I heard you. 
If while the preacher was preaching and the word found a place in your heart, look toward heaven and tell heaven, I heard you. He sent his word and he healed us. Ooh. This is going to be a healing year. I received that. He didn't say you wouldn't get sick, but he did say he's the healer of all your diseases. My assignment tonight was to give you two words. Necessary corrections. Prescribed discipline. Not to demote you. Not to embarrass you. Not to make you look bad. But to give you some hope. Church. He who begun a good work in you. He will perform it. He going to complete this thing. I want to say to anybody that's not saved. You must be born again. If you ain't saved. You must be. Not you might. Not possibly. You must be. You must be. You must be. You must be. Agape is a church that teaches the doctrine of Christ which he taught to his apostles. We actually believe the scripture that the day you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. At this church, you don't have to wait till fourth Sunday at four o'clock. You ain't got to go home and get no clothes. At this church, if agape is true to form, agape got a clean pool. With clean water in the pool. We will let you put on some clean clothes to get baptized in. But not only do we have a clean pool with clean water and clean clothes. We got a man of God with clean hands to baptize you. It's time for you to make that decision. Today is the day of salvation. Today he's calling you. Get right with God. Do it now. Get right with God. He'll show you how. Down at the cross where Christ shed his blood. You can get right with God. We have a habit of telling people you better get your life. You better get your life. We leave one word out, right. Don't just get your life, get your life right. In a moment, I'm going to say come. And when I say come, 
anybody that wants to get saved tonight, come. 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 Get up out that pew, walk down this aisle, get to this altar. Come. My grandmother used to say, while the blood is still running warm in your veins, come. The ministers are in place. They're ready to pray with you. They're ready to pray for you. They're ready to give you biblical advice on how to get right with God. All things are ready. You just got to come. Come. Don't walk out of here and say, I almost went up there. Almost don't count. If you almost eat, you still hungry. If you almost get paid, you still broke. And I got to tell you, if you almost saved, you ain't saved. Come. 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 Maybe you didn't want to be first. All right, they moved. It's your turn now. Come. Come. Don't you leave here and say, oh, he kept looking at me. You got that right. I'm looking at everybody in here. Come. The Bible says, knowing the terror that is to come, we persuade men. Come. Come to Jesus. He's calling. He says, whosoever will, let him come. 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 The Spirit says, Come. The Holy Ghost says, Come. The Spirit says, Come. The Holy Ghost says, Come. says come the Holy Ghost says come the Spirit says come 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 church thank you for allowing me to share what I believe the Holy Ghost gave me to say. I was studying at the beginning of the year the word good. It is a Hebrew word, tov. The word good means pleasant. It also means pleasurable. But it also means benign. No harm. 
The word good means benign. No harm. So the next time you tell somebody good night, you're telling them have a no harm night. Do me a favor, look down your row and just tell a few people, have a good year. Have a good year. Have a good year. Have a no harm year. Have a no harm year. Have a productive year. Have a fruitful year. Have a beneficial year. Saints, thank you for your patience. Thank you for allowing me to share what I believe the scriptures were speaking. You might have to go through class, but when you get to the test, it's going to be a productive test. It'll be worth it. Receive the power of God. Receive the power of God. Come to the altar with expectation. Do me a favor. Give God the best hand clap you've given him all night. Tell somebody, say, by the grace of God, I hope this is one of your best years. Tell somebody else, by the grace of God, I hope this is one of your best years. Have a good year. Have a good year. Church, I want to thank the Lord. That he ain't going to leave us barren. He's not going to leave us unproductive. We won't be vain and we won't be empty. He's going to fill our cups and let it overflow. We're on our way home. They have not asked me to do it. I would like to be a blessing to this church continually. 36 years, the favor of God and the grace of God. This church has not just blessed individuals, but it's blessed families. It's blessed families. 
I want those of you that are financially able to do it to join with me in being a blessing to this church. I'm not asking you to wave your hand and say how much you're giving. But I'm asking everybody to make the effort. Let's be a blessing to Agape. Amen.